Hi everyone, uh, it's good to see you this morning and spend some time with you in God's Word. Uh, my family is just wrapping up a great vacation here in Florida and uh, the sun is setting right now and this is our last night here. But by the time you're watching this, I'll be back in church uh, and, and seeing all of you again. And for those of you I haven't seen in a while, uh, it's just good to be able to connect through, the, uh, through this way so that we can continue to encourage each other in God's Word. So today, in, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a short series, a three-week series, on a, a topic that I'm really passionate about because I've seen God's blessings in my life because of it, and it is generosity. And for some of you, this is just going to be an encouragement to you to continue to do what you're already doing because, honestly, our church does a great job of being generous and uh, living a lifestyle of generosity that God also has modeled to us, His generous love and His generous sacrifice uh, for us. But for others, some of you are going to learn some things today that could literally change your life. You could be unlocking some truths that you never knew about that when you put into practice, you will see more blessing in your life than you have ever experienced before. That's why I'm so excited to share this message with you. So as we get started, uh, the today's message is called or series is called Generosity, the key to being blessed to be a blessing. Let me say that again the key to being blessed to be a blessing and so uh, i just want everyone in our church to be not only blessed but to fulfill god's plan for their life to be a blessing to others and so as we go uh, start this message i want to give you a quick reminder of god's overall plan for our lives so first of all we are created in god's image and uh, god's plan is to bless you and to bless me to be a blessing to this world um, as god created us in his image his goal was that we would reflect his image, his love, his character to creation and to rule in his place with his image and with his help uh, to multiply and to be fruitful in all of creation. And so as we rule as God's representatives on the earth and as God's stewards of his creation, then we see his image being multiplied through us in all that we do. And so that's God's overall plan. So Genesis 1:28, let me read it for you, says, God blessed them and said to them, male and female, he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. So God wants us to fill the earth with his nature, with his love, with his love, with his truth. And, and so he wants to bless us to be a blessing. So everybody say that with me. I am blessed to be a blessing. Okay, I am blessed to be a blessing. And uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. We do this, we multiply and we're fruitful uh, by, by multiplying God's image on the earth. We do this by trusting God as our sovereign king. We have to trust in him and lean on him and allow him to lead us in order for his image to be displayed on the earth. Our trust is demonstrated when we obey him. When we obey God, that shows that we actually trust him. When we don't obey God, it means that, you know, obviously, we don't trust Him. We trust ourselves. We trust our own ideas, our own opinions, or whatever. But our obedience means we trust God. So obedience is very important, to obey God and to obey His Word. When we obey God's Word, we show that we believe in Him and His truths over our feelings, you know, our opinions, our desires, our wants, other people's opinions, other people's ideas, our culture, even our upbringing, right? So when we obey God in his word, we're showing that we are putting him as the sovereign Lord over our lives and we trust him. And when we do that, we release 
or we allow God to release his blessings on our lives. It's awesome. We don't obey to earn uh, to earn anything from God. We don't obey God in order to try to gain righteousness from God. We have that through faith in Jesus Christ. But we do obey to allow God. We trust in God to allow God then to be God in us and through us. So let's talk about being blessed to be a blessing. Those individuals and organizations that are under the influence or leadership of a child of God, you and I, who is filled with God's spirit and in obedience to God's word, experience the blessing of God through us, through his children. So whether that person is the president of the United States or a country or a member of a committee or an employee of a company or a mother of a child or a father of a child, a coach of athletes, a doctor of patients, a teacher of students, whether that person is a neighbor in a community, a volunteer in some organization, a member of a church, or a member of a life group, or a bus driver of children, you see, or just a friend, wherever we are, whatever roles we're playing, whatever positions we are in, we are called to be filled with God and to be a blessing, to be an overflow of the image of God in every area that we can influence, every role in every position. And I wanna say very clearly, Whatever roles that you have in this life, these positions are your platform for God to overflow through you, to heal, to inspire, to, in, uh, to change, to release truth or freedom or liberty to those around you. So whatever roles or positions you have, God's plan for your life, is to bless you and overflow through you that you would multiply his image, his nature, his kingdom on the people around you, okay? So that's where we're coming from. Now, just a couple of bullet points that I want to point out to you from some of the things I, I said, I wanna make it a little bit more clear. Number one, our life is not just about ourselves. The reason I'm doing this is because I, I need to just visit a Christian worldview for a minute because what I'm about to share with you about giving and living a life of generosity doesn't make any sense if you have a worldly mindset. It just doesn't. But if you have a, a godly or a Christian worldview, it makes sense and it unlocks the blessings of God in your life. So first of all, we need to agree as Christians and as Jesus modeled that our life is not just about ourselves, right? We are not self-serving beings. We are the opposite. We are actually giving our life away all along the way. That's what we're doing. We are giving our life away all along the journey of life. Okay, number two, we are stewards, not owners, of everything that God has placed in our hands. And that includes more than material possessions. That includes our life itself, the breath that we breathe, our time, our talents, our energy, our money, our possessions, even our positions and our roles, our jobs, our families, our friends, our church family, everything that God has placed in our hands. We do not own any of it we are stewards of it. That's what the Bible and the biblical perspective is for this idea. Number three, God is our source for everything. And we lack nothing when we are in alignment with this purpose for our lives. And anything is possible when we are trusting in God and he's in control and we're not in control. Anything is possible because we belong to God. He is the owner of it all and we are his stewards. When we will do what God calls us to do, God can trust us to do whatever he wants to be done. That's pretty exciting life, uh, a life journey when you do it that way. 
And finally, the end result of all of this is more of God's image being multiplied on the earth. And this happens through the redemption and restoration of creation, of people getting saved, right? Of people coming to know God and having their, their spirit reborn and their life and soul healed and their, their purpose given back to them, their God-given purpose. This happens through you and through me, through the church uh, of God's people living filled with the spirit and overflowing with a life of generosity and blessing that reflects God's nature and character that touches hearts and changes hearts and redeems hearts for the glory of God. So that's what this is all about. Now, the world has an opposite view of life, and I'm just going to summarize it with these three different self-words, okay? First of all, self-preservation. Uh, when we just think about the world's perspective of life, is we are always trying to hold on to life. We're trying to preserve life, and it's all about me, right? And this is really a fear-based, uh, fear-driven mindset that we're afraid to lose our life. We want to get as much out of life as we can. It's a self-preservation mindset. Number two, it's a self-promotion mindset because we need to find value and identity. So we're, we think that comes from promoting ourselves, from gaining more materials, from gaining more trophies, from becoming important or uh, competing and outdoing everybody else or something. Because we're looking for identity and significance. This is the world's way of trying to make it, trying to figure out a, a purpose and a meaning to life. It's pride-driven, pride-driven, right? It's the opposite of the kingdom. And finally, uh, not just self-preservation and self-promotion, but self-pleasure. We're trying to fill a hole in our soul that can only be filled by God himself. Well, we will try anything to fill that void in our soul. We're seeking happiness in this world. People are doing all kinds of crazy things to try to find happiness. But we, and it's, that's, so that's a lust-driven motivation in, this, in, in life. That we, as the children of God, number one, instead of being self-preservation, we have security in God. We have eternal life, so we can freely give our life away. That's how we think. And number two, instead of self-promotion, it's the opposite. Because we have our identity in Christ and we are loved and we have eternal life, we do just the opposite. We actually serve other people. We, we don't try to be served. We serve. We lower ourselves, right? And then finally, instead of seeking self-pleasure, our souls rejoice in the Lord. We have everything that we need. God has satisfied our soul. And so we, we are already filled with his love. We're not, uh, we're not grasping for things to find that. We have contentment, don't we? So by the way, I just want to encourage you. And as a church, I want to brag about our church because our church does a great job of living generous lifestyles. And I'm so proud of of what we have done in the past and what we are doing today with the generosity that God has given us in our hearts. But the reason I'm teaching this is because there is even more for us to experience in terms of the blessings of God. And this is such a core value at the heart of God that we need to continue to fan the flame of generosity in our own lives so that we know and remind ourselves because we are surrounded by such a different perspective in this world that laying our lives down, serving and giving and living a generous lifestyle is the way of God and it is greatly rewarded. And for those of you that have been doing this for years, great job, I applaud you. And I just say, you're not crazy, keep it up. But for those of you who are gonna hear some things today for the first time about tithing and how to give and why we give, man, I am excited because you're about to discover some truth 
that really will change your life and cause you to be more blessed than you've ever been blessed by God before. So let's get into it, okay? Here's the three principles we're gonna look at in this series. Number one, the principle of the tithe. And this is really all about trusting in God as provider. And number two, next week we'll look at the principle of stewardship. And this is the idea of recognizing that God really owns it all. I don't own anything. And it changes our mindset about the stuff that we do have that God has entrusted into our hands when we understand the principle of stewardship. And finally, in the third week, we're gonna look at the principle of sowing and reaping. And I really probably should say the principles because there are several principles that are spiritual laws that the Bible of Jesus taught was sowing and reaping. And this is all about how generosity really does begin to pay off. If you understand uh, God's spiritual laws about giving and sowing and reaping. So today let's get into the tithe. Okay, I'm gonna spend a few more minutes with you just walking through what does the Bible say about the tithe. And, and I don't think I'll finish this message. I might need to pick it up a little bit next week too. But first of all, let me define the word tithe for you. In the Bible, one of the words that's, that's used in Hebrew for tithe is ma'aser. And that is from 10. And it literally means 10th. So tithe means 10th. That's what that word means. <coughs> Excuse me. So there's four principles I want to share with you really quick about the tithe. First of all, the tithe represents a tenth of all of our increase. Okay, here's a verse in the Bible, Leviticus 27, 32. It says, every tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. So the tithe is a tenth. It is the first tenth of all of your increase. Okay, the second uh, concept of the tithe is it represents the first tenth, not just any tenth, but the first tenth of your increase. So Proverbs 3, uh, verse 9 and 10 says this, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, the first fruits. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. God wants to bless you as you trust in him, you release him to bless you that your barns your vats are overflowing so that we are living an overflowing, blessed lifestyle to be a blessing to others, okay? But it's the first of our increase. So it's the 10th, it's the first 10th, okay? Principle number three about this is the tithe represents the best of our increase. Now, uh, there isn't one dollar that's better than another dollar in our in our day and age, but uh, you know, back in the time that this was going on, most people's tithe was in the form of a crop or an animal. And God wanted those the, the crop, the first fruits, to be the very best, the most luscious fruits, or the very best unblemished animals, because we want to give God our best. This is what Numbers 18, 29 says. You must present as the Lord's portion, or the tithe, the best and holiest part of everything given to you. God deserves our best, our best. And God says, I, I want the first and the best, the tenth, of all that I bless you with, okay? What does that do? That honors God and it shows God and it shows us, reminds us that God is our provider. We are trusting in God, not ourselves. This is very important. This is the key to tithing, is remembering this is not a religious thing. This is a relationship thing. I'm relating to God in such a way as I am saying, God, I trust in you and I recognize that all that I have and what you have just blessed me with came from you. Yeah, I worked. Yeah, I did my duty 
but it came from you. Even my breath to work is from you. My life is from you. This ground is from you. The rain is from you. The, the crop is from you, God. I do my part, but it's all from you, okay? That's what tithing is. It's not a religious duty. It is a relationship that we have with God. It's showing God and connecting to God in a relatable way that's saying, God, I trust in you and, and I'm all yours and I'm nothing without you, okay? Finally, I wanna just share this, that the tithe belongs to the Lord. So we bring the tithe, we don't give the tithe. I know it sounds kind of a, you know, a picky way of picking on words that we don't give the tithe, we bring the tithe, but it's true, okay? Leviticus 27:30 says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So the tithe belongs to God. It's not something that we're actually giving to God. We're actually bringing it back to God. That's what that's what that means. And so the summary of the, this idea of the tithe, and I always say it this way, bring the first and the best, and the rest will be supernaturally blessed. Okay, bring the first and the best, and the rest of all that you have will be supernaturally blessed by the Lord, okay? So Exodus 34, 26 says, bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. So the summary here is the tithe is the first, it's the best, it's a tenth of all of your increase, and when we trust in God by obeying him, it releases God to bless us abundantly. Now, I get all of that from this passage of scripture that many of you have heard before out of Malachi chapter three. So I'm gonna read this to you. And this is where God promises to bless us as we decide to trust in him. Before I get into this passage of scripture, I just wanna make it clear that in the Garden of Eden, our fall took place when we did not trust God and we wanted to be in control of our lives. So keep that in mind. So here's what Malachi chapter three, verses eight to 12 says. And I'm just gonna walk this through with you. God is talking and uh, he's talking to a people who have neglected the house of the Lord, who have neglected the worship of God, who were too busy doing life on their own and building their own homes. And the house of God was in disrepair. The worship of God and the services were, were not happening. And so God is rebuking his people and he's saying this to them, and he says this, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. How can a person rob from God? God has it all, how could we do that? Well, God answers the question. He says, but you ask, how are we robbing you? And God says, in tithes and offerings. Remember, the tithe belongs to the Lord. So if it's his and we're using it on ourselves, then we're not giving it back to him. We're not bringing it back to him. We're stealing from God, that's what God is saying. Now he goes on to say, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. And so God says, because you are going independent, because you're not bringing the tithe to me, because you are not relating to me as your provider, and you are your own provider, now you're under a curse. What's he talking about? Well, in the Garden of Eden, when we turned our backs on God and said, we want to know what is good and evil. And we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we said, we want to decide for ourselves what we did was we cut off God as our sovereign Lord. We said, we'll be in charge, right? And that's what God is saying here again. When you do not tithe, when you are not showing me that you are trusting and recognizing that all that you have is for me, then you're on your own. You're under a curse. The curse is you have to make means meet on your own. You don't have the blessing and favor of God upon your life. 
Oh, so why is God doing that? Because God wants us to trust in him. He wants us to show uh, him that we recognize, you know, that we're nothing without him. And so as we go into this verse, listen to what happens though. God challenges the people and he's challenging you and me today with this. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then God says something amazing to, to us. He says, test me in this. And this is the only place in scripture where God says we should test him. And he's saying, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Isn't that amazing? This is God making a guarantee to you and to me. And he says, listen, if you will trust me, I will show you that I am worthy of your trust. I want you to completely trust in me as your provider by doing this, this thing that doesn't make sense to you, but bringing the first of your increase, the very best, the first tenth of all that I put in your hand, bring it back to me, show me that you see it's for me, trusting in me to provide for you, and I am going to bless you so that you cannot contain it. And that's what God's plan is. That is God's will, to bless you so you cannot contain it, so your barns overflow, so that we are an overflowing blessing to everyone in creation. This is God's plan for your life. Remember, I said at the outset, God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. God wants to multiply and be fruitful through you. But in order to do that, we need to trust in him. We need to see it's not about us. It's not about my hard work, my ingenuity, my coolness, my uh, education, my hard work. All those things are great, but God is the source of everything. And when we bring the tithe, we are relating to God in that way and we're releasing him to bless us. It's awesome. Now, I want to finish this um, scripture by saying this. He says, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. They will see the blessing of God on your life for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. For me in my life, I learned this principle when I was very young. I grew up in a family that did this. So I've only known this principle my entire life. I have always followed this principle and God has blessed me. I have so many stories of how God has abundantly blessed me. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about health, friendships, uh, you know, creativity. Uh, man, I, I got a refrigerator at home that's over 20 years old that works great. I mean, God's favor and blessing is all over my life and it's not because I'm so great or I'm so good or I'm so perfect or I don't make mistakes it's not about that but it is because I trust in God as my provider I faithfully tithe I, I do that because it's a relationship thing I trust in him God is my 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 provider for all things and God has proved himself to me over and over again to be faithful to his promises and I want to see you take on God's challenge to trust in him if you haven't tithed before, if you haven't given a tenth before, I want to encourage you to, to just to dig deep and believe in God's word, believe in these promises, and to see God's blessings begin to overtake you as well. Because you are called to trust in God and to see that he is everything that you'll ever need. As I close this message and look forward to sharing some more with you, I just want to remind you this that the person who will be blessed the most through faithfully tithing is gonna be you.
It's going to be you. God doesn't need your money. That's not what this is about. Church doesn't need your money. That's not what this is about. This is about you positioning yourself under God as your provider and your sovereign Lord so that he can be that to you and bless you and bless the work of your hands, bless your coming and going, bless you when you're in the city and in the country, making you the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom. That's God's plan for you, that you would shine and be an overflowing vessel of his image of, of love and joy and peace and be a blessing to everyone and every place that you're at. May God bless you and overflow his blessings on you as you trust in him with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I want to pray for you uh, before I go. See, it's getting dark here, and so I'm running out of time. But let me just pray a blessing on you before you go. And if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life yet, I want you to pray this prayer with me to get right with God. He died for you that you could know him, to be forgiven of all your sins, and to be reunited in this relationship with him. So pray this prayer with me if you want to get right with God, okay? Say this, say, Jesus, thank you for loving me and coming to give your life for my sin to save me. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, asking you to forgive me of all my sin, to fill me with your Holy Spirit, and to empower me to live the purpose for which you created me to live, to trust in you with all my heart, to be blessed by you so I can be a great blessing. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And God, I pray for each one watching today, wherever we are in our giving, in our finances, in our, in our heart with you, with this issue. God, I pray for your word to come alive to each and every one listening to this message, that they will have the courage to trust in you and not be held back by fear or unbelief, but to take that courageous step of trusting in you as their provider, obeying your word that you might be released to bless them and to overflow in them and through them, that every need that we have will be met. And more than that, that we will be an overflowing blessing to everyone else. Thank you, God, for your love for us, for your awesome plan for us, and that you never give up on us. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. God bless you. Hope to see you guys soon.